Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, we're back for week six of Processing Blue. I got the man Mike K, Panthers beat writer with us. Mike, we're having real football this week. Not practice, not preseason, not play. Real football. Are you excited? Yeah, it's kind of nice. It, it, it's kind of nice to be where we we're at right now, right? It did kind of feel like the Frank Reich era was off to a very slow start <laughs> yeah. from like a timing standpoint. It was like we were waiting for for actual football. It felt like for two years, but here yeah. we are. Well, the cornerstone of the Frank Reich uh, movement era is Bryce Young, the number one draft pick. He's going to play on Sunday a whole game, not you know not a couple of drives. What do you expect to see out of him as they play Atlanta? Well, the number one thing is poise. I mean, that's really what his superpower is. I think if you look at the way he operated in college, off-schedule throws and not panicking when the pocket collapses are what he does best. And I think against Atlanta with Calais Campbell and Grady Jarrett up front, with the amount of struggles the offensive line had in the preseason, you're going to need to see Bryce Young operate outside of the pocket. He knows that. Frank Reich knows that. Thomas Brown knows that. We all know it. The Falcons know it, right? right? And so when he's operating from left and right, he just can't panic. He's got to keep his eyes down the field. He needs to deliver the ball cleanly. His weapons need to help him out now. That's something we didn't see a ton of in the preseason. Mm-hmm. Guys need to fight for the ball. They need to attack the ball with their hands. And I think Adam Thielen is the perfect tone setter in that regard. I expect him to be targeted quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we still don't know about the statuses of Terrace Marshall and DJ Chark. Terrace Marshall has practiced the last few days. That's a good sign. DJ Chark will wait on that hamstring. Obviously, those things can be kind of tricky, uh, fluid, those situations. Mm-hmm. But I think Bryce Young and Poise need to be in the same sentence throughout this weekend. Well, Miles Sanders playing help. We hadn't seen Miles Sanders, but we know he can play. Yeah, I think if you can get him effectively on the run right away, I think that anytime you have a strong running game, you know, frankly, this offensive line was a tad overvalued last year because of how much they ran the ball. It was a skewed offense. So it'll be interesting to see how the offense does with a more uh, balanced attack. Miles Sanders is thrived behind very good offensive lines in Philly. This is not the same offensive line. Mm-hmm. He can say that all he wants. I think he said it when he got here that the offensive line was just as good. That's yeah. not true. But I think that they have a very strong command of the run. And so that is really important, uh, especially when you're trying to establish the line of scrimmage. You, you're trying to best the likes of Grady Jarrett and Calais Campbell and get them off their toes. And when you're trying to establish the pass, I, if, Hey, if I'm Frank Reich, I might come out with three straight runs and see what happens. Even if you, you got a punt after that, at least you establish that you're more than just Bryce young. And maybe you take some of the pressure off. You warned us, I think on the very first episode we had on here that Austin Corbett might be on the pup list, meaning he would miss the first four games. That's happened. Now you just talked about the offensive line, not being that great. How big an impact is that going to have on the, the run game? How big an impact is that going to have on Bryce? 
Well, I think it's going to have a big impact on the running game. I mean, Austin Corbett was the best player on, on the field last year, in my opinion, from an offensive standpoint. And he's a guy who can push the pile. He can open up holes. You know, Chandler Zavala is a rookie. Cade Mays is another guy who's in the right guard conversation. But realistically, you know, the guys that need to pick up this running attack and really the offensive line overall are uh, Bradley Bozeman and Taylor Moten. Those are the two really big vested veterans on this offensive line. They're leaders. Brady Christensen had a pretty strong summer, bounced back after some early struggles and, and injury stuff. And I think they can play well as a unit. I think it's just finding that chemistry and running the ball. And I think from a pass blocking standpoint, again, Corbett was the best pass blocker, in mm. my opinion. Brady Christensen did a nice job as well. Taylor Mountain's been pretty consistent throughout his career. They just have to figure out what they're doing with Ike Iguanu. I know he had his struggles in the preseason. I'm not as worried as, as others. I think he will bounce back with more reps at, as, as most – blockers do mm -hmm. it's just a matter of what how they can facilitate blocking for bryce and how the the scheme really protects him because really in order to be successful bryce young should be throwing the ball maybe 25 times early on and hoping to complete about 18 of those passes and in mm -hmm. order to do that you need to have protection and i think he's a guy that really would thrive with elite protection in front of him Okay. Um, you also talked early in, the, in this podcast about how long the Frank Wright offseason has been. What are your thoughts on this first offseason for Frank Wright? Has he gotten done what he needs to get done? I think he's really set the tone from a an efficiency standpoint. There's no wasted movement in practice. Mm -hmm. All the practices seem upbeat. Even after a couple of really rough preseason games, the attitude has always kind of been there. Mm -hmm. And they've always been very consistent. Like, you, you know, you've covered – college, high school, pros, you've been to every sort of practice there is. Mm -hmm. You know when a team is 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 lagging in practice. You know when a team is just doesn't have the goods that week or that day. Yeah. And I think that's never changed. It's always been a constant with, with this team. And I think mm -hmm. that's something, you know, I only covered Matt Rule for two weeks and I covered Steve Wilkes and he did an amazing job, you know, on game day. But I think this has really been like a static group. And I don't mean that in a negative way. Mm -hmm. I think having a static energy at practice every single day lets you know the tone doesn't change. Nothing really rattles this team so far. And so I think Frank has done a really good job of filling out this coaching staff with teachers. Yeah. And that's really important. It's one thing to motivate guys. It's another thing to teach them. And I right. think there's a really good mix there. I also think he has really good lieutenants and Todd Wash and Deuce Staley, the offensive coordinator, Thomas Brown, defensive mm -hmm. coordinator, Ijiro Evero. Their main leadership group is really important. And I think that's shown in how this team has attacked this offseason. Excuse me. All right. The Panthers are changing their defense, going to a 3-4 look. It hasn't looked great in preseason. Um, what are <laughs> – okay, we agree on that. <laughs> what do you think are the big, biggest weaknesses of this defense? Well, I think up front, uh, they really don't have a true nose tackle. And typically to run a 3-4 defense, you need a guy who can take up blockers. Mm -hmm. And they don't really have them. We thought Mark Juan McCall was going to be that guy. Uh -uh. Then uh, the Panthers named Raekwon Williams the starter, and he was gone a couple of weeks later. And now you've on the team website, you got Shy Tuttle, who when they originally signed him, that was the plan for him to play nose tackle. Sure. He's not your traditional 3-4 nose tackle. This is a guy who's a penetrator. He's not a guy who takes up blocks. So it'll be interesting to see how they kind of use all these multiple fronts and get him, you know, 
on the center, on on the right guard, on the left guard, what they do, how they place him around the lineup. I do think Derek Brown's going to thrive in this system. I think Deshaun Williams gets the system. He's got experience in it. It, it. The group as a whole leaves a lot to be desired. I mean, two late arrivals in training camp made the roster as the backups to Williams, Tuttle, and, and Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, and LeBron Ray and Nick Thurman. And so they really like them. I just don't know if I see them as like rotational players at the NFL level. I mean, one of them was in the USFL just a little while ago, and the other one was bouncing off practice squad. So it'll be interesting to see what happens moving forward there. I'd also say, you know, cornerback depth is interesting because Mm -hmm. they – Troy Hill is going to be expected to play a lot as that top backup now that they've moved on from Keith Taylor and mm-hmm. uh, Stanley Thomas Oliver. It wouldn't shock me if Stanley Thomas Oliver, who signed to the practice squad, was elevated the first week just because of his special teams prowess. We obviously saw Marquise Haynes get put on IR mm-hmm. on Monday. Uh, they're going to have to rely on DJ Johnson, which I've said is not very fair to this guy <laughs> who is that, trying yeah. to figure out what he's doing. Eter Gross Matos and Justin Houston are going to have pretty elevated roles. We'll see what happens. I think Shaq Thompson's had a really good uh, preseason, but I also think the thing I kept seeing was inability to stop the run. And Panther fans here for a long time have seen that over and over and over again is the inability to stop the run. Now you go 3-4. Is that going to be a problem again, you think? I think so with this current group, yeah. I mean, I think when you get into a 3-4, right, you're creating space. And so while it's cool to trick everybody in the passing game, it gets really difficult when you have guys who are on that second and third level who are not prepared to stop the run. Uh, Derek Brown's a good run stopper. Shy Tuttle's more of a pass rusher. Deshaun Williams is more of a pass rusher. Mm-hmm. So what you're giving up there, I mean, you're basically sacrificing the run for the pass, but you've got the coaching staff saying you've got to be able to stop the run. run. The <laughs> yeah. That's easier said than done, my guys. Uh, and so it's like this weird dichotomy of the way they've built this team is like pass rushers, pass rushers, pass rushers. Mm-hmm. Oh my. And then it's like, well, guys, we got to stop the run. So and Atlanta likes to run uh, the ball. Yeah. So I, it's just, I, I, I don't really have a high anticipation for them being a great run stopping team. Maybe they'll surprise us. But I just think, like, from the Panthers' perspective, they have clearly thrown all their eggs in the pass rushing basket, and they better hope that those don't break as running backs run them over. If you never get to third and 10, you have a hard time getting those 25 attempts you are Bryce Young to get to. <laughs> right. All right, Mike, tell me what the Panthers' record is and what you think Young's season stat line looks like. So I, I have them going eight and nine. Um, I think if you're being honest with yourself and if the Panthers are being honest with themselves – this is a two-year rebuild. Mm. They've got twenty-four, at least 24 new faces on this team. Um, they've reinvented the defense, as we just talked about. They've uh, got a completely new staff almost outside of camp and uh, Tabor and some lower-level assistants. This is a rebuild, and I think it'd be unfair to put a rookie quarterback in there and say, hey, go win the NFC South. As wide open as it is, mm-hmm. I just don't see it. Mm. For Bryce Young, I think he'll have a 64% completion percentage. I think he'll throw for 3,200 yards, 18 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. He'll run for a couple more, maybe 300 yards overall. Mm. Um, and I think that's a solid year, eight and nine with a, you know, a, 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 a you know, eight to 12 is pretty good. I think that ratio is pretty good. 
Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, I, I think this is a lot to ask of a rookie. I don't think that this team is uniquely talented from a depth standpoint. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be behind in games, which is going to ask Bryce to throw a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, you know, and you can't protect them very well. So right. So I think you're going to have to lean heavily on the running game. Yeah. Um, and look, I think Bryce, as long as he can make it through a 17 game season and put up pretty solid numbers, which I think those would be, I mean, people, everybody wants 4,000 yards, but people don't realize the, you know, I covered the Eagles. It, they were founded in 1933. They didn't have a 4,000 yard passer, even with Donovan McNabb, Randall Cunningham, Michael Vick, Panther until fans, about 2019. Yeah, so Panther fans remember that other first round, the first number of overall pick who had 4,000 yards his first season. So I think they might think that, that this guy could come out and do the same thing. I don't know, but I, I know there's high expectations. I still think they're going to go 10 and 7, although your soliloquy makes me think maybe I need to drop that down maybe to 9 and 8. But I, I still think they're going to go 10 and 7. I, I, I think the NFC is South is gettable. Do they have enough defense to get there is my biggest question. I don't know if they can stop the run, and then that, that might change my prediction. But I'm curious, Mike, what do you think uh, – who do you think are going to be the team's offensive and defensive MVPs? So offensive MVP, I think it's going to be Bryce. I think it has to be for them to even contend. Like okay. he really, like, if you look at this team, I don't think it's significantly better than what they had last year outside of the quarterback position on paper. That's right? an important position though. Yeah, it is. Well, and that's why I think they'll, they'll I think they overachieved last year. Let's, let's, not for nothing, Steve Wilkes yeah. did an incredible job last yeah. year. This yeah. team was a four-win team on paper. Yeah when you looked at it and they won seven games. I think they come back down to reality, but still win an extra game. And I think that's a really encouraging sign. And I think Bryce Young's going to have an encouraging year. It's just a matter of keeping him upright, right? Defensive MVP, look, Shaq Thompson was a guy I thought needed to take a pay cut. I thought he was getting up there. The linebacker position isn't valued like it used to be. Mm -hmm. He took that pay cut. He returned. I got to tell you, he has had an incredible offseason. Mm-hmm. I think he looks like a completely different player. And not that he was terrible last year, but I think he he was not he didn't have that fifth year, you know, that star players have last year. Yeah. I don't know what it was. I came mid-season. I didn't get to see him in training. Camp. Right. But what I would say is this, I think he's practiced extremely well. This new staff loves him. He's going to be a guy who's going to be leading this team, you know, in, in over the next couple of years because I think he is going to bounce back. You're going to see his stat line fill up, mm-hmm. and he is going to make plays for this team. I hate to disagree with you because I know you're the expert and you're one of the best NFL writers in the country and everything. But the best, oh, player, the best player on defense is this guy. 
Mm-hmm. That guy. He's the best player on the team. Sure. He's going to be MVP on, on the okay. side. Um, who's the best? He, he who should not be named. Is that right? <laughs> he should not be named. <laughs> <laughs> who's the best rookie on the team not named Bryce Young? Huh. So I really like Chandler Zavala. I think that if he gets the right guard job and runs with it, when Austin Corbett comes back, I think you could see some other movement on the offensive line as well. Mm. He's a guy that I think is just an absolute mauler, an impressive player. I I really think he's going to have a strong year right off the bat. Really, the only reason why he fell to the fourth round is because of injury history. So this is a guy, if he is healthy, he can really kind of lay the foundation for this offensive line for a while. That'd be good to have offensive linemen step up in the year. We know that they're going to struggle on the offensive line. Um, all right, the Panther fans are going to know what you think about Sunday's game. Who's going to win? Give us a score. So I would say I have the <laughs> I have the Falcons winning twenty to seventeen. Okay, and I, I'll tell you why. They these two teams always play each other tough. They do. If this was at home, I would pick the the Panthers probably twenty to seventeen. Okay. Um, it's just the first game for Bryce Young. I'm not sold on the offensive line. I'm not really sold on the defensive line either. <laughs> and I think if you're coming into this game thinking the Panthers are just going to run through the Falcons with all the talent they've acquired over the last couple of years, mm-hmm. it's just really, I mean, it's for the Falcons, it's really just a matter of quarterback. And I think with the running game they have, with the offensive line they have, with the defensive front they have, I just kind of like where they stack up at home. It's one of those games where I think it's going to come down to that final quarter where it's going to be something like 17-13 with the Panthers winning and then the Falcons just kind of, you know, have a run long drive and score a touchdown, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, if they run the ball, right? Yeah. Uh, so I, I think uh, – this is going to be a close one. It's kind of hard to pick not knowing everything involved because we don't. It's week one. As Frank Reich said, it's kind of a weird week. I don't think it's going to be uh, an indication of how good the Panthers are. I don't think it's going to be an indication of how good the Falcons are. I just think when you're at home, you're facing a rookie quarterback. The Falcons have a really good defensive front. The Panthers have kind of a lot of questions on the offensive line. I'm going to pick the team at home that can kind of pin their ears back and rush. Okay, I'm going to go glass half full. Bryce Young throws the game-winning touchdown pass to Adam Thielen with 25 seconds to go, and the Panthers win 23-17. That's my pick week one. Ooh, I like that. There you go, a little spicy. Now it's time for my favorite part of the show. Mike, it's time for case takes. What do you got? People are going to hate this. Uh, I know that Panthers fans don't love the Saints, but in my predictions for this year, I have the Saints winning the division uh, at 9-8. and eight. And I'll tell you why. That is not the worst case scenario for the Panthers. This is a short-sighted organization. They have been for years, planning from year to year, not really having a long-term scope. And what happens when you have a short-sighted you know, outlook, you pay for it because the schedule gets harder if you win the division and you're going to lose probably some pretty strong free agents uh, in free agency. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think you know, the Panthers are set up really well to where if this is truly a two-year rebuild, next year they got $55 million in salary cap space. They can make a lot of things happen around Bryce Young. And really, this season's all about evaluating Bryce Young. The Saints don't really have that player. They don't have a player who can just be, like, the beacon of hope. It's all a bunch of old guys, a head coach who's getting on his second stint, who's not very successful in his own right. Mm-hmm. 
And if they overachieve and they win and they go, they win the division and they're eliminated in the first round of the playoffs. What do the Panthers lose there if they go eight and nine and, and lose out on the division crown? I think that sets the, the Panthers up for a really, really nice run. They've got a second place schedule again. They can spend a lot of money around Bryce Young. Bryce Young doesn't have the pressure of having to defend a division title. And here we go. The Panthers can be on their way. And so I think when you look at the Buccaneers, they're not very talented. They're probably going to be among the worst teams in the league. Then you look at the Falcons, who kind of have that even playing field with the Panthers. That's kind of why I pick them at home. Um, and so I think it wouldn't be the end of the world for the for the Panthers to see the Saints win the division. That's who I think will win the division. I think Derek Carr is the best quarterback in the division from a proven standpoint. I think Bryce will surpass him over the next few years. But Derek Carr and a bunch of returning veterans stack up much better because Derek Carr is like the new guy that they dropped in the solution because mm -hmm. this defense has played in that defense. A lot of their players are returning mm -hmm. uh, after being with the franchise for several years. Mm -hmm. The Panthers are almost starting from scratch. They're flipping everything over. And I think it's easy to go with the devil you know as opposed to the devil you don't know. And right now... We know who the Saints are. They're a middling team mm -hmm. who has a lot of continuity. And mm -hmm. typically continuity wins out when you have three middling teams in a division. Okay. You said a lot right there. You also said people wouldn't like that. You said Saints win a division. That's the team Panther fans hate the most. You also said wait till next year. That's the term the Panther fans don't want to hear ever again. All I know is they're going to go 10-7. and seven. They're going to win Sunday 23-17. Rice is going to throw a touchdown and win the game. I'm sticking to it. I hear what you're saying. It's logical. Sometimes you got to go glass full, glass, glass full, not half empty. We'll see. Hey, hey look, I, I I could see it happening. I'm not. <laughs> it's possible. I'm not knocking it. All I, I, possible. I, All possible. I look. I think it's possible. I think this team could surprise a lot of people, mainly because we don't have a lot of answers, right? And right. so I think. There's a lot of open-ended questions that, that need to be solved over the, the first month of the season. If they can kind of, you know, go two and two mm -hmm. during this first month and take one of these first two division games, mm -hmm. I think they're in really good shape. The issue becomes, can they kind of get past this first half of the season healthy? Mm. Because if they can do that and get some momentum going, especially after the week, an early week six bye, yeah. then they're going to be in, in spots to really contend. But when you look at the schedule, you've got the, the, the first two division games, then you've got the Seahawks on the road, then you've got the Vikings who are returning playoff team at home, then you have uh, road trips to Detroit, who's getting overhyped like crazy, yeah. and then Miami... And then you've got an early buy, which doesn't help you if you've got like a, a very thin depth yeah, chart from a, later from a defensive game. standpoint. Yeah. It's just, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around that and be op totally optimistic. But then again, again, even if you don't like the wait till next year, the thing that you need to focus on is Bryce Young. That's what this season is about. Nothing else matters. Okay. This is about Bryce Young. You could lose Ejero Evero to a to a team for a head coaching job next year, and then the defense changes again. Right. You could lose Thomas Brown to a, a, a head coaching job, and then the offense is switched up a little bit, and mm -hmm. the play calling switched up. Mm -hmm. You never know what's going to happen, but what we do know is, is Bryce Young has four years on his contract, a fifth-year option. He is the guy that they traded up for, and if he is successful, this team can be successful long-term. All right, we'll get our first good look at Bryce on Sunday, and we'll be back next week to talk about game one, the game 
one performance. Look ahead to week two. Thanks for joining us, Mike. We'll see you guys next week.